and enjoy one another. And I'm so blessed by that. Um, Jeanette, um, kind of talk a little bit about what I was going to say right off the bat. We are going to two services next week. If you come between the next, between the morning service, which starts at 9, and the after, and the later morning service, the 11 a.m. service, there will be people helping you find a place to park and telling you which direction, which entrance to come in, which I'm going to tell you right now. If you're coming in, this entrance right here in the, in the parking lot is the one you want to come in. The one between the two buildings over here is the one you'll be exiting just to keep traffic flow so we're not having head-on collisions and stuff getting in and out of the parking lot. So remember that next week when the, when the guys with the orange vests and the walkie-talkies tell you where to go, just be obedient and just do what they say do so you don't have an accident, okay? That'd be really good for all of us, I think. Um, 9 a.m. and 11, and, and there'll be a, a fellowship before the morning service from like 8 to 8.45, I believe. Is that what we decided? I'm out, I've been out of here for three weeks, so I feel like I'm kind of out of touch. It's a weird feeling. Um, and then we'll have one after the, after the 11 a.m. service. We'll have another fellowship in the, in the cafe. All of the, the ramifications, hopefully, will be pretty much done by this time next week. The painting will be done. The baseboard will be back on. Hopefully, most everything will be accomplished, except for maybe some, maybe some minor details. And so you keep praying that we hear the voice in the heart of the Lord and, and we walk in his ways. Um, another thing, if you're picking up kids after the morning service, the, the, the early morning service, 9 a.m. service, we're going to ask you to exit out of the doors to, closest to 180. And here's why. We want our greeters and usher crews to be able to signify who's coming and going. And so if you go pick up kids in children's church and exit out the doors directly up there, it'll be easier for us to keep, keep track of who's coming and going easier. So just help us with those things. They're just logistical issues. Um, I think that's all I need to say, really, at this point. Many of you have asked, how was vacation? Can I say it in one word? Awesome. <laughs> when we got to Florida, it was approaching 90 degrees the day we were there. It was sunny every day, every day. Let's say again, every day. <laughs> we had one evening, one evening of rain, which wasn't a big deal because we went and ate at a Japanese steakhouse and then went and shopped at the mall. And so the rain wasn't a big deal. And we saw dolphins and we saw manatees, not in captivity, like live, like, ask my dad. We were at this one park, and I said, hey, Dad, what's that stuff there behind you? And from probably from, from about me to that music stand, there's this green cloud in the water. And Dad jumped around. <laughs> it was a manatee. That close. Could almost pet it. We saw one evening we had a total dolphin show out our back door, didn't we not? This dolphin looked like he was trained at SeaWorld. I don't know what he was doing. He was jumping and spinning and falling back in the water and flapping his tail on the top. It was awesome. We lived there for five years when I was in high school. I saw more active wildlife in the last two weeks than I saw the entire five years I lived in Florida. That's the honest truth. We would pick down, go down into the ocean, pick up something we thought was a shell. It was still living. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times that happened. I mean, over, we picked up clams, uh, what, were those, what were those one things called? A horse conch, I mean, a big, you should see this one shell my, my daughter has, it's about that big. I mean, it's huge. I, living, some of it was living. My dad found one that was about that long, still had a creature on the inside of it. 
For real. And we never had that when we lived there. I don't know what happened where the hurricanes have got things routed up. I don't know what happened. We saw dolphins play with fishermen. And the dolphins were the ones doing the playing. <laughs> the, we went out of this pier. There were, these, there were dolphins all, all around the end of the pier. And these fishermen would cast their thing out. As soon as their, as soon as their line would hit the water, they'd catch what they call a yellowtail jack. I don't know if any of you have ever, ever fished for those. Start reeling it in. They get about halfway in. All of a sudden, the line go. They're trying to pull them in. And the dolphin would bring it back in. And the guy think he's got it. And the one guy go. He said, they're just playing with us. They won't eat the fish. They won't swallow the hook. They tear our stuff up, and then they leave. <laughs> Never saw the like. Honestly, it was awesome. It was, it was, I have to say this. As a whole, it was probably the best family vacation that our family has ever had. My, my, we just had an incredible time. Now, I have to be honest. Living in close quarters with two little boys, both of them under the age of three, was somewhat challenging when you got people on both sides of you and underneath of you. That was a little bit intense. Well, yeah, a little bit, but they always, you know, and when you get the youngest one whose sleeping schedule gets out of whack, after you've finally gotten him to sleep all night for like the last month and a half for the first time in his whole life, that's a little bit challenging, but we made it through and we had a, we had a really good time. So thank you guys for all your prayers. Some of you would ask, and I just thought I'd give you a, a quick update and, and uh, tell you that we had a really good time. Um, enjoyed uh, spending service at a couple other churches who, it was kind of neat. This thing actually does come up. Look at that. Um, one of them was about twice the size of our church. The other one was about half the size of our church. One of them was making building modifications almost identical to the ones we've been making, which was really ironic to me because we didn't, we didn't know they were doing that when we went down there and we walked in and they were doing it. They're putting, they put a cafe in their place. They, I mean, they, they did like this whole black... If you don't like this gray, this church we were at, their black drop at their stage was completely black. But it was Awesome. Because the, the pastor, every, he would do a series, he does a series, and they, they, they put a new backdrop behind him every time he preaches, so that the, the, the theme of that series is evident every time you're looking at the stage, he's got you going track. He did a message on Horizon, was the name of it, and it, it was really neat about how God is walking you into a new horizon, and they are growing church, they're getting ready to change, they're, they're getting, you think we've made changes around here, they got a building about twice the size of this one, easy, and I mean length, width, and, and height, at least twice the size of this building. And they're having problems. Do you know what they're doing? They're turning their inside of their sanctuary into a stadium. And increasing the amount of people they can squeeze into their church by about 300. I thought it was a pretty cool idea myself. Whatever works, you know? And they were doing some amazing things. We went to another church that was just about half the size of our church. But they're doing two services. That was kind of neat for us to sit and watch and be visitors in that kind of an environment. And theirs was an issue of space. They were really locked in, landlocked where they were, and they were trying to make the best use of their facilities. And we got to experience two things very similar to what, we were, what, we're, what we're going through here. And uh, it was just neat for us to be able to just to sit back and enjoy that. And God really took care of us there. Are they really? No, I did not know that. I even, Pastor Lonnie and I sat down at dinner that afternoon, and I, he didn't tell me that. But that was pretty awesome. They're going to two services as well. Um, I know there's a lot of change going on, but I want to talk to you really quickly. Um, you know, today is Harvest Home. This is a celebration. This is a celebration that's not only a celebration, but really it ought to be a catapult for us. 
that'll be getting us ready to walk where God's calling us to walk and go where God's wanting us to go. And, and it's, not, it's a celebration of not what we've done or what we've accomplished or what we've been able to come through in our own strength. Today is a celebration of the one who has done great things with us and in us, around us, through us. He's the one who's alone is worthy of all honor and all glory and all praise. He's the one who has brought us through everything, life and the world, and our enemy has thrown at us. That's what we celebrate today. We have, no pro- we have had no promises that life would, would be, always be easy, that it would be comfortable, that it would be convenient, or that it would be without change. But we do have the promise that this one will be with us, he said, even unto the end of the age. I want to say something. He is always. He just is. He is. He always has been. He always will be. And he is right now the stability of our lives. In John 1, it says this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. Genesis 1 1 through 3 says these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form, and, he was, and it was void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. I want you to notice something in those patches. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? In Genesis 1, 1, 1 it says, in the beginning, God created. The Bible says, his spirit hovered over the face of the deep. And then God said, are you with me? Yes. Right there we see evidence of the Trinity. We see God the Father who created. We see God the Spirit who hovered. And the word of God was spoken and light happened. First John says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. John 1.14 says this, And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as the only, the only, listen to this words, on, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. This is the one we celebrate today. He has brought us through some very, very difficult things. He has walked up with us and, and listened to us and empowered us and strengthened us and encouraged us and helped us. It's him we celebrate today. In the book of Revelation, if you're going to follow me today, if you want to and you've got a Bible, if you don't, don't worry about it. I'll give it to you anyway. There's a, there's a passage of scripture in Revelation 1. As we face uncertain times, we'll look at the book of Revelation the relation of Jesus, and see what this writer John says about him, the one we're talking about, the one we celebrate today. In fact, this is what he says about himself. Revelation 1, 4 through 8, John says, grace to you and peace right now in the middle of the turmoil. Some, I know there's lots, where our emotions and our, we're just wondering, where is all this going and what are we doing? The first thing we need to know is we have, God has given us grace. And he has given us peace, and he will walk with us through everything. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. From the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, 
the faithful witness, the first one from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he says, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. We are waiting for that day. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen, John writes. Then there's quotation marks and Jesus begins to speak and he says these words, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. There is a lot of uncertainty. There is. But in the middle of that uncertainty, let me point you to somebody who is, insert, who is certain. Scripture declares this in Hebrews. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It makes no difference what we go through. It makes no difference what life throws at us. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is our sure, he's our sure anchor. He is the thing that's stalwart. You know what? Many of you are rattled and shaken today. If the events of this last year and the life of this church haven't rattled you, then maybe it's the events of the last couple of weeks where the economy's concerned. Maybe it's the the effects of things that are going on at the place where you work. Maybe there's something going on within your family, and it feels like everything is going like this. You know what? It makes no difference what goes on with the stock market. I bet many of you sat in front of the TV like this over the last few weeks and watched all that business news, and oh my goodness, and what's going to happen, and Financial Armageddon is coming, and what do we do? And you're, have you sat there like that? Come on, be honest. We got to do something by Thursday, or it's all coming down. Oh, we got to get it done by Monday, or it's going to crash. Huh? Fear has just got a hold of us. You know what? We've suffered great loss. Maybe some of you. Just walking in here today, and things don't look the same, and they don't feel the same. Suddenly, there's something that's, oh my goodness, and you're rattled and you're shaken. Maybe next week, going to two services, some two services is something that's got you going. What does that mean? What are we going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to reach more people for Jesus. That's what we're going to do. And it won't come without a cost. Listen. It won't come without a price. It won't come without us putting our hand to the plow and digging in and doing what God wants us to do. Yesterday I was here praying with everybody at prayer meeting. And there was such an anticipation in my heart. And excitement when I began to think about something I'd read early that morning about God calling us to reach the least, the last, and the lost. Oh, my heart almost exploded as I tried to pray about it. I could not. Listen, that's what all of this is all about. 
reaching those who are not yet reached, reaching those who desperately need to hear the message of Christ. You know what? We, I would be lying if I said there wasn't times where all of this has kind of creeped up on me and I felt like something was going... Oops, I'm not my mic off. I'd be lying if I said, oh, dude, this is what I didn't know today. Walk in the park. Are you kidding me? I don't know if I've come off as that at times, but um, listen, none of this has been easy for me. And I know it's not easy for a lot of you, but listen to me. Sometimes God calls us to do things we've never done so that we can do, so we can accomplish things we've never had a chance to accomplish, so we can reach people that we've never reached. And that's the bottom line. That is it to me. And I want to desperately stand in front of Jesus one day and go, and him be able to say, You were faithful with what I told you to do, at whatever it cost you where sleep was concerned, at whatever it cost you, wherever popularity was concerned, at whatever it cost you. I want to be that kind of a person. And I'm telling you, I wake up most mornings and I think, what are you doing? Is that a right to be honest? Most days I wake up and my frail, the frailty of my own self stares me right in the face. Most mornings I wake up and I go, do you even know what you're doing? And most of the time the answer is unequivocal, no. But I'm walking with Jesus and he's got my hand. And I find that each day he sufficiently provides for what I have need of and what I need to do and the wisdom that I, I haven't got it all figured out. But you know what? They call it a walk of faith and that's why it's not all figured out. And that's why it's not all easy to, 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 to walk into a walk of faith and I'm there with you and let's walk it out together but listen we have no worry you know what we have no worry because there is the king and he rules and he reigns over all of this stuff he rules over this ministry he rules over every authority on this planet listen he rules over every life that's in submission to his word and his will and his spirit He rules over and above. You guys will like this one. He rules over Washington. And he rules over Wall Street. And he rules over Main Street. And he rules over... Listen to this. I'm going to get political on you for just a second. He is bigger than John McCain. He is greater than Barack Obama. Joe Biden holds nothing close to him. Neither does Sarah Palin. Neither does any of them. He is the one who rules and who reigns. It is his name. Listen, he is greater than Aaron Hines. Thank the Lord. He is greater than anything and everyone. And he rules and he reigns. He is the one that's got us all together. He stands with you. And he utters the same words to you this day that he spoke to John in the book of Revelation. Listen to John's words in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 1. I, John, both your brother 
And I would utter these same words. And companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ. Was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was suffering many things. Not because he'd gotten it wrong, but because he was doing it right. And people did not like him. And he found himself in prison. And he found himself cast out. And he was in the spirit on the Lord's day on the Isle of Patmos because that. he said, I'm your brother. I'm your companion. I'm here in the middle of this with you. I understand what it means to, to be in tribulation. I understand what it means to be in the kingdom. I understand what it means to have to walk with patience. I understand. I'm your brother. I'm writing this. And listen to what Jesus encouraged me with is what he's saying. I was in the Isle of Patmos. And he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of the trumpet. And it was saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Verse 17 says, John fell to his feet. When I saw him, he says, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, and he said to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first, and I am the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And he makes these words, Amen. Period. He makes these last statements. And I have the keys of Hades and death. You know what he says? I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. He says, I was here at the beginning. I'll be here at the end. And I got everything in between taken care of. There's nothing that you've not been through that I've not been there. There's nothing that's overtaken you that that surprised me. There's nothing that has gone on around you that I don't have a close grip on. Watch and see if I won't walk you through another one. Pay attention and get with me, and I'll be, you'll be here. Just as John had been in tribulation and come through because of and by the power of Jesus, we can too. Listen, as long as we listen to his voice. You know what? He's given us many promises. I didn't know, Nancy, when you prayed about the explosion. I haven't listened to your message yet because my wife stole it out from underneath me. I got the CD, and I hadn't heard it, and I was driving out here to church yesterday. About a year ago, Pastor Eric called a ministry friend, or a ministry called us. Rick Renner's ministry called us from, from Russia. Talked with Pastor Rick for a little bit, and they asked if they could pray for Pastor and the ministry. And they said, okay. And he, this lady began to pray for Pastor in, in, our, in our church over the phone, and, and she said, she said I, just, I, just, I just believe there's going to be an explosion at that church, and there's going to be an explosion in your ministry, and things are, and I haven't thought about that for months. Not months. And I'm driving out here yesterday morning from town, coming out here to prayer meeting, and I get about to Kenny Kinnick, and all of a sudden, that, that morning, Pastor told us that in prayer meeting, came flooding back into my heart and my mind. I got excited. Oh, I forgot about that. Next thing I know, Nancy prays about it. Then I find out she preached on it, and I didn't have any listen to the message yet, so I had no clue. I had no, I had no clue. Listen, we are just at the point of where God is going to cause us to walk into the promises he's promised us all along. He's not forgotten what he said to us. He has not forgotten where he's sending us. He has not forgotten what he promised to do in us and through us and for us. And we were just about to get there. Are you hearing me? That's what these two services things are all about. That's what this whole whole deal about all this change is about. It's about us walking into that opportunity to become everything God called us to be. And walk again the favor that God promised us he'd give us. He's already been there. He is the first and the last. And he's everything in between. You know, Jesus faced the very worst life to throw at him. 
And he overcame it, and he just says this. He goes, amen. He said, I overcame it. And he said, amen. You know what amen means? Amen says, done deal. So be it. Over. It means, it means end of discussion. It means no room for debate. You know what it means? It means it's period. End of story. I've overcome it. I'm kind of wound up. I haven't preached for three weeks. Forgive me. You know what he says? He said, I- I've seen it. We came, we saw, we conquered. You ever heard that, that saying? Jesus said, I came, I saw, I conquered. You know what he says? He says, listen, I've got the worst life can throw at you, and I've caged it up. I got the, I'm dangling the keys. I got death and hell taken care of. Let me worry about that. Don't you worry about it. I got the keys. They're caged. They have no hold on you any longer. The fear of death, the fear of life afterwards, all of that, whew, gone in the face of Jesus. I've got a question for you. John got to be in the very presence of Jesus. Jesus walked into wherever John was, stood behind him and spoke words. How do we, how do we get to entertain the presence of that one, that person, that Jesus? Isaiah 57, you'll find these words. He's the only one, I might say. Isaiah 57, you'll find these words. Verse 15. For thus says the high and the lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I told you a minute ago, that there are days where my frailty and my inability and my weakness stares me in the face. But you know what? That's okay. Because if I ever think I can get this, I can do this, if I, can, if I ever think I've got my life figured out, if, don't pay attention to these people. They've got something to do. <laughs> They're helping me, believe it or not. Okay? Don't look at the man behind the curtain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind you. And all of us have to come to grips that we are nothing. Listen, I don't know if you know Christ in here, if everybody here knows Christ. But if you think you've got life down and you just got it rolling and things are okay, let me tell you something. You ain't got it figured out yet, bub. And if you will humble yourself before the sight of God and before him, he will come in and he will help you walk through life. And he will help you become everything you want to become, and he will help you attain satisfaction and wholeness and healing and hope and faith. But it only comes when you go, you know what, I don't have it figured out. You know, maybe some of you think you've got things figured out better than I do, and I'll be real honest, I'm open to any suggestions, because I don't have it all figured out. And I'm grateful some of you felt like you can come talk to me and ask me questions, and I hope I've been able to answer them as best as I can. But you know what? In the place of humility, in the place where we say it's not all about me is the place where we find out that that's where he is. What should our response be to him? This one who is, he, he is, he is, Jesus is, he is everything. Revelation 11 says this, verse 17. 
Then the, seventh, then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders sat before God on their thrones. They fell on their faces, and they worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who was, and who is to come, because you've taken your great power, and you've reigned. Those 24 elders represent all of Christianity throughout time. They're the ones who've been through things and overcome and find themselves in heaven. Standing before the throne and they realize that life was never about them. They find out that he is the one who rules and who reigns. And the Bible says they come off of their thrones and they bow and they worship and they give thanks to him. You know what? All we can do is fall on our face and acknowledge that he is, that he's the one who reigns. He's the one who just is. Jesus is. That's the bottom line. That's the end of the discussion. Nothing more to talk about. Right now, I want you guys, this will be a time of worship. This will be a time where you not only should watch, but in your spirit and in your mind and in your heart, you should participate. This is a time where we'll remember all that he has been for us. This will be a time that we'll remember everything he's brought us through and everything we're going through. Let the goodness and the presence of Jesus call unto you right here, right now. Let me say this. If you feel so led, I would say all the aisle ways, though. If you feel like you want to stand and worship before the Lord and raise your hands, feel free. If something grabs a hold of your heart and all you can do is bow and cry there in your pew, please feel free. We're going to, we're going to talk about who he is right here, right now. I want you to worship. I want you just to watch. I want you to participate. I want your heart to be grabbed a hold of by the presence of Jesus. Because he is all that matters. He is everything. There'll be some different reactions going on during this today. So I know he encouraged you to stand, but...